Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. All righty, folks. Joe Snedeker here from the Mr. Curiosity podcast. And uh, boy, I'm a little nervous this week. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I'm. <laughs> we have two big wigs here from uh, Yangling Brewery. It's Jennifer and Wendy Yingling themselves. Now, do we still go by uh, Yingling last names? I don't know how marriages change things and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> That's the way I like it. I don't know if you guys have listened to my podcast before, but if I say anything that you don't want to answer, if you're if you're thinking, shut up, Snedeker, you just told me to hit the bell and I shut up. <laughs> Sounds good. Got it. We got it. <laughs> The first thing I want to get into, um, I can't wait to ask you this. I don't know, but your dad I met a couple of times. We're, I don't know, are we acquaintances or buddies, your dad, Dick? And why won't he do this? Is he too is he, is he too old to do this? Is that what's going on, or he can't be bothered with me? I don't know that podcast is in his vocabulary yet, I know. but <laughs> I know. we can certainly set him up for this. But he's a huge fan. I mean, he loves engaging with you and things, and he, you know, he's very supportive of local media too. So he's a big fan of yours. Wendy, I have been messing around with him in so many ways <laughs> from the from the bike rides he's been donating to St. Joe Center to just messing with him on TV. And then every time I see him, he seems to love it. So he's my kind of guy. He gets a good yeah. kick out of simple, stupid things. And I and I love it. So uh, yeah, yeah he, I'm glad he's not offended then. And Jennifer, I mean, you get, you see, it. he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like see, he's there's the key. This is why I love the man. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about him. But am I right in assuming I have these notes written down? Okay, so your dad, Richard Dick Yingling, his dad's 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 dad started the whole thing in 1829. Basically, you know, we don't want to do too much of a history lesson. Is that is that that how it goes? Yeah, that's that, that's accurate. It was the brewery was started in 1829 by our great 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 grandfather, David Jing, G. Yingling. He immigrated to Pennsylvania from Germany. Uh, we knew that he was a brewer when he was in Germany, and he was youngest in the line of siblings. So I think he pretty much saw the writing on the wall. He wouldn't have an opportunity to run his family brewery in Wartenburg, Germany, and settled in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, where there were plenty of thirsty anthracite coal miners during that time. Isn't that funny how like things work? Like here's like, I know my dad, I know my dad's dad, but that's it. You guys have this rich heritage and you can say this guy, this punk left Germany and ended up here in Pottsville and started this empire. It's just so bizarre for me to think about that in your respect and how, how honored and proud you must be to have that legacy. You know what We're I mean? lucky that we have documentation of so much of it. And also the fact that like our German heritage, we don't throw anything out. So if you visit Pottsville and you see the museum, like we have records that date back to our great, great, great grandfather and photos from those early 1800s years. So it's really cool to see the history that has been preserved. And yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. And all because of there was this dirty mineral substance in the ground right? Coal. And that, uh, you know, attracted immigrants to the area, including your great, 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 great grandfather. And now here we are all together because of this coal, this substance in the earth. And now it leads to this brewery monopoly, this brewery business that is uh, all encompassing. Am I correct to say that you guys are, are these stats correct? The largest craft brewer in the country, 
the sixth largest overall brewer and the largest American owned brewery. Correct. I don't know where we fall in terms of other breweries anymore, but we are the largest craft brewer. Um, we're the oldest American-owned family-operated brewery. So Jen and I are sixth generation, which is pretty remarkable. I but know. back when our great-great-great-great-grandfather founded the business, like there were breweries in on every corner. You know, there were breweries all over that were regional brewers, and we were just you know the lucky ones that survived. I know it's so hard to believe that 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 happened because I'm still thinking it's right here in in Eastern PA. And I've been to Pottsville so many times. And when I see your dad, is it I mean, is it correct? You'll see him just walking the streets at like five in the morning, you know, looking like a regular guy. Uh, And I hate to make this materialistic, but everyone knows they tell me, did you know that guy is almost a billionaire? And look at him. He drives a regular pickup truck and he dresses like an average Joe. He's not like this materialistic, showy, pretentious guy. And that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. When you think of the owner of, well, there is no probably owner of like Budweiser or Coors or any other major beer. Like, it's not like that. This is unique, this situation, is it not? It's very unique. I think when you look at the success that he has made for himself and our family and our company and really for the community at large here in Pottsville, also Tampa, Florida, we have our brewery down there, but he has maintained his sense of being down to earth, does not take himself too seriously, And but he's the hardest worker in our company. And you're correct in saying he's at work at 5 a.m. He goes home in the afternoon, takes his nap, has his routine, and then he's back to work in the evening. And that hasn't changed in the 50 years that I've known him. <laughs> But I know we we kind of have to sugarcoat things, you know. I no 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 one want. I mean, everyone wants to hear the dirty laundry, and not that you want to give it. But th- this guy being your dad growing up, I mean, he was always just this cool guy. This this. I mean, you had to know when you were just a a, a little girl, like, oh my goodness, there's something special here. Yeah. Did he bring you guys up like 16 years old? You get two new BMWs and. You know, you get, you know, all this money rolling in and all here, you know, if we have hundreds of millions of dollars, let's let's have a house in France and let's have a house in California. Let's have two lake. Like, why isn't it like that? I like that. It's not. It was very different for us growing up. Like when we were growing up, our dad was more involved in the distributorship that he had in town. And our brewery was going through some very lean years in the 70s and and mid 80s. So we weren't really exposed to the operations of the brewery itself until he really started that meteoric rise when when he reintroduced our lager brand in the late 80s. So so in some ways, I think we were very fortunate that we, you know, we were we we were out of the business as um, as we were growing up and um, really were exposed to it until later in life oh i see so when you were growing up and i'm you know guessing your ages but so you're saying back then 70s and 80s the brewery was not the epic brewery it is now so you didn't even realize you know how it how it its future knowing what was going to happen you didn't have that knowledge so but you weren't awash in lavish uh, things and income because you were, he was working hard, the hard work and family, and it was just another brewery. I feel like, you know, we look back on our pop-ups generation and we were just struggling to survive during that time. And, um, 
when we started to be exposed to the brewery, we, you know, we were one facility in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and that was it. So to put it in perspective, in 1985, when our dad took over the business from his father, we were brewing about 127,000 barrels, roughly. And we are over 2 million barrels now. So nice. it's a much different company. We have three breweries along the East Coast now, and we're in 26 states. So he's done a tremendous amount to grow the brand and put it on the map, put Pottsville, Pennsylvania on the map, but it wasn't always like that. So was your grandfather, you had a good relationship with him or was he, was he another kind of regular guy who worked hard and uh, not so lavish lifestyle? Yeah, I feel like he was a regular guy around town. I mean, I don't remember him too much, but I just knew he was always a fun guy. He loved showing off the brewery. Um, yeah. He was very proud of the family business and um, just, you know, very down to earth. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so in, in your dad, does he um, so knowing that you have and I don't want to I don't want to seem like just Snedeker. Well, he, well, he keeps dwelling on the money. But why? Why is your I think most people, it's human nature when they acquire a lot of money, then they do the next stage. Oh, I'll sell this and I'll live an easy life here and I'll get all this expensive stuff and I'll take it easy. I wonder what's built into your dad and probably you two that wants you to keep working hard, pushing when you don't have to, in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think most human beings, it's our default. If I don't have to work, I'm not going to. I already acquired all this, whether it's from hard work or inheritance, I'm done. I'm checking out. I'm selling to Coors. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I think it's in our DNA. I mean, certainly generations before us had plenty of opportunities to sell to bigger brewers. And, um, you know, I remember our dad telling a story about about his father, our grandfather back in the 70s, where one of the mainstream brewers came in and said, I, I want to buy your company. And and our pop up said, well, what are you what are you going to do with it? And he's like, well, I'm going to tear it down and make it just a shell. And he was like, no, that's not what we're here for. He cares about his employees, cares about his consumers, cares about the community. And I think that's just traveled through the generations through to where we are now as sixth generation. Isn't that awesome? Now, to get me nosy on your side, remember, if you want me to hit the bell, just ask. <laughs> Do you guys have children that are next in line or uh, how, how is it all going to go uh, in the next generation? There are members of the next generation, but fortunately, we're not at the point yet where we're introducing them into working in the family business. So right now, my sisters and I work side by side with our dad, and we're lucky in that we've each sort of landed in different areas of the company. So we're able to complement each other. And it's very rewarding to be able to work side by side with him every day and learn. I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge. And like Jennifer said, like he's here every day, twice a day, hands on. And that's a pretty special thing. What is your dad's age? He wouldn't mind if we talked about that, would we? <laughs> he just turned 80. He just turned 80. So, I mean, there you go. You picture an 80-year-old guy in a lot of cases. It's a, it's the ro rocking chair or it's even a, a, an adult facility home and they're, they're reading the newspaper and their feet are up or they're in Florida. But this guy's still working his arse off. I remember during the bike ride last summer when I, when I stopped through Pottsville on my Gojo bike ride, and I and I laid down in downtown Pottsville and I said, and Dick, your father had no idea I was in Pottsville, no idea anything was going on with WNEP. And I said, I am not moving from this spot until I get a donation from Dick Yingling uh, to St. Joe Center. <laughs> and I lay there. And then some of your people heard it on TV and then told someone who then told someone who told him. 
And he's like, tell Snedeker I'm busy. I'm inside one of the fermentation tanks doing a <laughs> tune-up or something. He goes, tell him to give me some notice next time. You know, like he, he was busy at that time working. He yeah. didn't even know I was there or WNDP was there. But then he eventually did make a nice donation and I got up off the ground and I moved on. But isn't that something like he was busy that day? Busy, busy, busy working. I think like many owner entrepreneurs, and it sounds like you've talked to a lot of Pennsylvania companies that are similar family businesses, you know, it's it's your life. And that's very much how it is for him. He loves being at work. You know, he doesn't always love dealing with the challenges at work, but, you know, he's very happy here and he gets a lot of satisfaction out of working hard. And, you know, that's kind of what he instilled in us as the next generation is a tremendous work ethic. And, you know, the values of us as a company stem from how he's led all these years was he a little bit of is he a little bit of a ham because when i came down there a bunch <laughs> of times and i saw him in the gift shop that you guys have down there he loves to have his picture taken with everybody does he not like he seems to get a thrill out of that he wants to be the man he loves, <laughs> he loves interacting with consumers i think part of what it is enjoyable for his day is having the opportunity to interact and engage with with tourists who come in and we have thousands of tourists who visit our historic Pottsville brewery every year and i think he enjoys that aspect of it and okay. i think the fact that he is just a down-to-earth guy too he's very relatable to, to anybody that comes in oh god for sure for sure and i'm wondering now you guys on that same token so we are talking about your generations here you've heard the old uh idiom the first generation starts the company then the next generation brings it up to its prominent high point and then the third generation runs it into the ground but here you guys are on five and there's no signs of that you know what i mean it's awesome yeah we're how lucky. do you do that how do you make your kids not spoiled brats who just assume oh yeah i'm next so what? Uh, what's the big deal I think that's the hard work that happens every day. You know, you, you made that comment earlier and it's still, you know, every day we're here working hard, trying to keep our brands relevant to consumers, doing the best we can in the community to be a good local partner, making sure the business is strong for the next generation. It's, you know, it's a, it's a very competitive industry that we're in, but it's an awesome business and we love it. But Wendy, that's easy to say, but how do you say to your kids, uh, we have an empire here. You have to work hard to be a part of it when they know they don't. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's hard to instill in children work hard ethics if you know there's a default inheritance or a default family name in business. It must be difficult, but yet you do it. I think it's the optics of it, too. It's how you present it to your child and you, you present it to them as an opportunity. Right. It's not entitlement, it's an opportunity. And you teach them by example. Like our dad is one of the hardest working people in the organization. And so that's what we've learned from him. And that's what we try and model for everybody else. So is is he the kind of guy, your dad, that would say one day, I don't like the color of this label or let's change this? Or is he have people who is he a micromanager? Does he do that all on his own? How does all that work? He definitely gets involved in all aspects of the business, but we have an awesome team. We've got a great operations team and we've got great marketers and salespeople. So I think he knows what areas the business to stay out of. He tends to not touch brewing as much. That's funny. He has a strong point of view on, on everything. And I think, again, a lot of entrepreneurial owners are that way. Right. So so he, see, he is what you see and all of this comes 
True. And uh, I'm, I hate to keep dwelling on your dad because you're thinking that's Snedeker. He's a fanboy, And all he talks about is Dick Yingling. But that's on my mind all the time. And this guy impresses me with his uh, life ethic. I love it. Yeah. And he's an icon in the industry. I mean, anybody who knows our business or knows the beer business, you know, Yingling is an iconic brand. And so much of, you know, our existence today is attributable to him and what he's done with the company. And, you know, my sisters and I are certainly grateful that he was he committed so much to the business. And now we have the opportunity to keep it going for the next generation. So now, uh, when when you think about that in the future, isn't 200 years coming up? Is that going to be a huge celebration? I mean, that's right around the corner, six years away, isn't it? Like, it's oh, my coming. goodness. It, uh, is that going to be? Because I was at your last party. What was that? The 190th? Mm-hmm. I was yeah, there. We, and we had a great time. <laughs> and you had a great concert. I went to see Better Than Ezra and a bunch of bands you had there. I mean, 200 is going to be huge. Is it not? <laughs> Prepping, we're actually prepping now for our 195th, and then um, and then the big plans come online for 200. Oh, so 195 blends into 200. That's funny. Yeah. I love it. Now, speaking of your dad and the brewery and all these famous people that have come there, do you have any good stories to tell? Have there been visitations from from people who have toured the facility? I don't know, Hollywood actors or big time celebrities. I know the History Channel has done stuff with you guys and. Of course, a lot of TV news, but uh, anything big stick out? I think it was interesting a couple of years ago when Jim Cook, who is the founder and owner of Boston Beer, Sam Adams Brewing Company, I think when he came on site and my dad and, and he did a walk through our plant and, and Jim was just so amazed and impressed with the efficiencies that we run on our line. And we're a very, we're a very lean company. We run with very few few brands, few products, and it, it enables us to run high efficiencies and not a lot of personnel on the line. So I think Jim, who has a very different business model, he was just, he was so impressed with how um, how efficient and how well we ran our operations. So do you think there is something or just kind of something that snowballed and caught on? And what is it about Yingling? I remember in the 80s, and I hope this isn't a bell moment where I'm insulting you, but I remember I was a teenager and then on my way to college and Yingling was kind of seen then. And that's what you were talking about earlier, Jen. Like it, it was a it was a cheap beer. It was you know, we had a couple, three, four different names back when I was in late high school, or early college. And it was known as, oh, yeah, I get Yingling. And then that changed in, in the late 80s into the 90s. And it became now this iconic uh, to be celebrated beer. Do you remember when it was considered just an average guy's beer, like a Genesee or an Iron City or something like that? What changed? Was it, you know, the lager that really initiated the whole new movement? I think so. I think throughout the generations up through our grandfather's years, we lived off of our 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 domestically priced beers, our returnable bottles. And then um, and then our dad just came in and he had such a vision of where he wanted the company to be. And he introduced our lager brand, which certainly became our flagship. But that had more of an upscale image to it. We had the green yes. bottle. Yeah. yeah, we changed the labels. And um, we caught on with some really good wholesalers, both in the state college market and, and in Philadelphia and then Pittsburgh. And and timing was a big part of it too, right? Uh, Jim Cook, we just talked about, um, he started his Sam Adams brand. I think consumers were looking for brands that had a little bit more more crafty style than the mainstream beers that were available. So we got we we got really lucky, and our dad was just had that vision to to help put us on the map. So yeah, I guess, and that started to happen in the eighties. 
early 90s, do you think? The real blow up with the lager beer and then the craft beers? Yeah, yeah, 19, yeah go ahead. 1987 is when lager was introduced. Oh, and then there, Isn't there that something? So there it is. I was just getting out of college and I remember thinking, wow, this yingling's becoming a big thing, not what it was, you know, and then the big shift. That's awesome. But like, you know, we're celebrating 194 years this year. And so a company of that longevity, you have to continue to keep reinventing and reintroducing yourself to new consumers. And I think that's part of the vision that he's had and that we've learned from him. So you'll see, you know, you, you've seen more recently, we've introduced a brand like Flight, which is an upscale. Light I love show. Flight. I yeah. So it's it's our way of continuing to attract new consumers to our brand. And it's a great liquid. It has great taste to it. It's low carb, low calorie. So lagers certainly put us on the map. But for us, it's important to continue to evolve so that we're reaching the next generation of drinkers. And Flight's a good example of that. We just launched a Bongo Fizz, which is a fruit flavored beer. Um, so new yeah. stuff coming out of us. Yeah, now does Dick say? I don't know. Like that's because I see him as like a guy's guy. He's like, I don't want any fruity beers. I could see him saying that, but yet knowing that's the trend, right? I could see him saying that. You guys admit it, right? That was actually his idea. Bongo business. Oh, wow. Yeah. See that? Yeah. He's a progressive guy. I love it. <laughs> I think he gets a lot of consumer feedback when he's engaging with people at the gift shop. And he's certainly asking a lot of questions. He's very attuned to what people are drinking when he's out, you know, at restaurants and bars. And so, yeah, I think he sees where people are going and we want to make sure that we're keeping our brands relevant. So is he a, is he a drinker kind of guy or not really? Like, is he a, is he a, I'm asking that because of this, would you believe I don't drink? That's why a lot of people who are listening to this are probably saying, Snedeker, you're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> I am not a drinker. I I I uh I drink socially, I'll have a beer, but I'm not one of these guys, as most guys my age are, they love the beer and they have their favorites and they have their craft beers and they try and sample and they'll go to events with beer, 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 beer. And uh is your dad a beer guy like that? I would say he's definitely a beer guy. Right. I would say he's he better be right. <laughs> he, um, you know, he'll take beer home every week to taste it. And over the years, what I've seen is he doesn't drink as much, but he's just trying to make sure that quality and consistency are there. I mean, that's important to him, but he probably has his old favorite premium and, and lager. Oh yeah. He's a lager guy. I can see that. I can see that. So when you said something to him like, hey, Snedeker uh, wants to do a podcast, like what, what what would his response be or what was his response? <laughs> What's the podcast? <laughs> he probably couldn't even sit still for 20 minutes, a half hour to talk to me, right? He would, we wouldn't even be bothered. He's funny. Like as he gets older um, and the fact that the four of us are involved in the business, like sometimes opportunities will come up and he loves being out there in front and center in the organization. But he also will take the opportunity to say, you guys go do that. And it's kind of nice. Like we've had a nice opportunity to learn from him from in that way. However, when the babushka situation <laughs> was all over that. It was all so, over. so I did want to ask you about that. So on WNEP, I have a pointing themes and we, we have our viewers send in pictures of themselves. So the, the theme was babushka. So people would send in a picture of a babushka with them on and they'd be pointing. And just randomly one morning while I showed the Pottsville camera, I said, you know what? I am I am hungry for a picture from Dick Yingling with a babushka on. I just threw it out there. 
And wouldn't you know, he heard that from so many people that were you there when he did the picture? Like, did he, did he <laughs> welcome it or was it like that Snedeker again bothering me? What, you know, like, like what was what happened? How did it evolve? I think he got wind of it through several employees and, um, you know, he just found the most unique babushka he could and he had to have his little standee of, of the queen next to him. Yeah, why and did he put the queen next to him? Is he a fan of the queen or is he trying to bother me with that? Because I hate the really knows. <laughs> that is bizarre. You know, I love it. See, that adds to the beauty for nowhere, no other beer company, beer tycoon, beer CEO would put a babushka on that with a flannel shirt and jeans on and pose. This is why I love the guy. But we're not like, for as big as you make us out to be, we're not like that. And, you know, we've always made sure or tried to instill like the family values in the company. We're not corporate America. And he says that all the time. Um, it's important to us that we have this small company feel and, you know, stay true to our roots of, you know, being this hometown brewer in Pottsville. Yeah, Wendy, that all sounds nice, but if <laughs> you know, this is human nature too, and I did this a few weeks ago. What is the net worth of Dick Yingling? And you see these numbers. I mean, so you know, it is what it is. The guy is as wealthy as can be, but yet refuses that image, and that gains my respect to the highest degree. I just love it because he can quit right now, give in, and like I said stay in Italy for the rest of his life in the most expensive place he can. But he he just chooses the grit and the hard life and the workman's life. That's honorable. That's who he is. I want to be Dick Yingling. <laughs> <laughs> no comment? No comment? <laughs> How about this? So you guys feel uh, weird about the, the Chamber of Commerce recent contest? What do you think about that? That was great. Um, yeah, I'm surprised I thought for so yeah, Mrs. T's and you guys battle it out, right? Mm -hmm. My theory on why you guys lost is because they probably wanted to keep it more family friendly and they didn't want to have an alcohol related a winner. Do you think that's a part of it? Because come on, Mrs. T's versus Yingling, they're both big empires, but aren't you guys more global than Pramani, Mrs. T's? Everything. I mean, if you go by just the global nature and the expanse of the business, Yingling killed it, right? I don't know. If you look at our footprint, we're we're in 26 states. And I know Pramani Brothers, from what I understand, they're they're growing. Um, they're evolving their portfolio and their footprint. Um, same thing with Mrs. T's. So I think, I think it's a pretty even geographical scenario. Oh, see, you're taking the high road, and I'm trying to get down and dirty. <laughs> it was down to one vote, though. I mean, no, it didn't. Oh, really? Because when I looked I, at when they no, closed, no, I mean, you might be right. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. When they closed the voting on Twitter, I think it was one vote difference between us and Mrs. T. So they're yeah, a great company. Oh my God, love their product, and so hey, good for them. And Pramani's is a good partner for us. So with the four sisters, um, are all each of you involved? And were any of you when you were like in, because everyone goes through this in the rebellious teenage years, like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a dentist like Hermie on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm going to be a, a, a teacher. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm not doing that business thing. I, you know, that happens a lot. To end up with four siblings all injected into the business that's still kind of rare too isn't it 
Did you guys have that rebellion uh, time where you're like, I'm not doing this? I don't know that we had a rebellion time, but I think our dad did a really nice job of exposing us to the business, um, showing us what it was about in, in, in his way and leaving it up to us as far as what we wanted to do as a career. And again, I think it's how we're presenting it to our children. There's an opportunity here. If you're interested in that opportunity, you got to work hard. You have to dedicate yourself. You've got to learn. You've got to ask questions. And um, I just think it was presented to us very well. Are you two the uh, the bossiest? I have four siblings in my family, and my sister my sister is the boss of the family. She's the bossiest one, so I have to admit that there's always like a leader. You don't want to say. say we, I would say our dad is still the boss. Whoa! Come on, there's one of you that he fills must that role on, naturally. <laughs> yeah, but don't you guys ever get together? Maybe the four sisters and say, "Hey, listen, we have to have a talk with Dad. We got him to stop." doing this. We got to introduce this. We got to change this. We got to paint this. We got to revitalize this. No, do you team up behind his back? I think that's a part of any family business. Like you're certainly <laughs> injecting new ideas and trying to have conversations with the you know existing generation and next generation. And, you know, that's just the, the reality of a family business, but it works well for us. I'm looking for dirt. You're not giving me it. I'm looking for some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a smooth sailing vessel, this Yingling Enterprise. Now, the History Channel did a, a special there, American Eats. Were you guys a part of that? Was that a big, uh, big deal for the family, or no? I don't remember that. I don't, was that recently? Excuse um, that I can't recall. I think it was in the last twelve years, but I'm okay. not too sure about that. But don't don't all these? I think I asked you this earlier, but don't all these enterprises want to do? Uh, interviews with you guys and in and, and promotions and you have different media networks coming at you. I mean, how do you handle all that? We do some of that stuff. Like um, actually Debbie, Cheryl, Jennifer and myself, we were all out in some new expansion markets earlier this year doing a bunch of interviews to promote the brands in Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma. So we do have opportunities like that to tell our story. Um, you know, it just depends on who's reaching out to us. But we do try and do a lot. I feel like I remember that History Channel one from quite some time ago. And they did. It was a was very well done. Yeah, they do a good job. Now, do you do you guys. Um, <laughs> so the, the four of you, are you each like a typical day for you? Is it like a nine to five or is it I'll do an hour here and then I'll go for a walk for three hours? I mean, is it really entrenched? How does all that, where do you have your people do all your work? I don't know. And you just sit home and put your feet up and have a beer. Well, Jen's in almost as early as our dad. So she starts her day before the sun comes up. Come I, try on, to keep, I, I try to keep up with them and I, just, I, can't, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, so if you didn't, Jen, if you said, if you slept in a couple of days or didn't show up for work, would he then sit you down and have a talk or like, is it just expected I'm still wondering the dynamics, right? I'm very impressed by the whole family <laughs> hard work ethics. I'm jealous. I think I think we're kind of past that. I've been here for over 25 <laughs> years now. So like I have <laughs> my own expectations. <laughs> Seriously, so it's that. All right, let's say there's a snowstorm. Pottsville gets uh two feet of snow. Is your dad out there uh working the plow? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I had hundreds of millions, I'd say, 
Frank, go shovel and plow. I'm sitting here in the office. I'm going to watch uh, TV. But no, 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 no. How do you how do you get that? He enjoys it. So he wants to work the plow. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't Don't do tell- it otherwise. Does he does he do regular guy stuff like around the house? Will he weed whack? Will he cut? The, will he sit on the lawnmower? Will he? I've never seen that. No. Oh, oh, we got it. We got it. He doesn't do yard work. He might pick a weed here or there if, if it's in, if it's bothering him, but I don't know that he owns gardening gloves. Okay. Did he ever use a vacuum cleaner? And your did you ever see him use a vacuum cleaner? Shop hmm. vac, maybe. see i'm 57 years old and my dad growing up i never saw him really cook you know that's that generation he never cleaned he never held a vacuum he was like a dad's dad from the 1940s 50s on so uh you know that's probably where your dad is at too they have a whole different way of thinking and i'm like now this modern father guy and i do i clean toilets i'm vacuuming i do a you know, my own laundry, but your dad, he's still old school. He's not doing his own laundry, is he? Yeah, if he has to, he knows how to do it. <laughs> I can't see him <laughs> measuring the cup with the little Tide container and pouring it in there. Yeah. No, I don't see that. I don't see any of these things. <laughs> he's old school. Like he Fred Flintstone. School. He is old school, but with that comes a lot of, you know, qualities that we talked about. His work ethic, his loyalty, Um you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. And does he, so is there a certain parameter that he has to be at the gift shop? Because when I do go down there, I'm telling you, everyone's waiting to see Dick Yingling. And then I hear the chatter. It's like, Hey, when's he coming down? Is he coming over? When's Dick going to be here? So does, is that like a, 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 the gift shop is open Monday through Friday, right? Or Saturday even, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a part of his routine? Like gift shop from three to five or something, or he's whenever he's around. (laughs) Yeah, I think he sets his day up. So he's got his early mornings where he'll sometimes spend time with Wendy and I, um, take care of inventory, and then um, spend a portion of his day engaging with consumers. Ah, I love it. Does he vacation ever? Do you ever see him like saying, "I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, Florida East Coast for three weeks"? Or do, he does that? He does vacation. Yeah, he has started to. As he's gotten older, he'll go away after the holidays and, you know, he'll stay for a couple of weeks now, which is nice. He just got back again um, after being down there in March. So he yeah, has but he's going down there because your shop is in Tampa. That's probably why he's going down, right? Just for more <laughs> work. <laughs> I think he does relax when he's down there, or at least tries to. <laughs> is he like the kind of guy that went on a hot summer week in July? He'll go down the Jersey Shore and just uh, sit on the beach? No, no dad's not a beach guy, right? <laughs> no. no, I would say in the summer, he probably goes into the caves to get cool. And <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Hey, man. As opposed to the beach. Oh, that's excellent. All right. Well, so we have the four sisters. We have uh, your dad still in charge. And um, uh, all is good at Yingling, correct? Yeah, things are good. Get ready for 195th. 195th coming up. So is there a big celebration next summer then? We've got some plans we're putting together for next year's anniversary. We haven't figured everything out yet, but but we'll have some good stuff for consumers and just doing a lot to, to promote the anniversary. And is 200 going to be massive? Are we bringing Pottsville to its knees? Is it going to be <laughs> helicopters, roller coasters, fireworks, uh, uh, 
you know, dancing in the streets. I mean, 200 is going to be a huge big deal, isn't it? That'll be world news coverage. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> That's still, will that, is that exciting? I, mean, I bet he doesn't even like the hoopla. He just says, ah, forget about all that. He probably just wants to ignore it. <laughs> I think he enjoys the tradition of it, but he's not the kind of person to go all out and make a big deal out of out of it, but I think we will appropriately celebrate 200 because, I mean, you look back at our 100th anniversary and it was during Prohibition, so we couldn't even celebrate with beer. I mean, oh, I didn't even think about that. Right. That's pretty unbelievable. So, yeah, we'll make 200 a good one. And will he put on a suit and tie? Probably not. Did you ever see him in a suit and tie? Yeah, we've seen him in a suit and tie, but not often. But he's not a suit and tie kind of guy. Yeah. That's another reason why I love this man. Check all the boxes. <laughs> all right. Well, Wendy and Jennifer, you guys were awesome. If there's anything I missed here, please let me know before we quit. But if anyone's looking for information on uh, Yingling Beer, tours of the facility, how they can uh, perhaps reach you guys, is there anything you want to give out? Any contacts or websites or just uh, you know media accounts? Anything we want to end with? in terms of contacting Yingling or the tours? Yeah, they can they can check us out on the website, yingling.com, and follow our social channels to find out what we have going on for this summer. And then as we get closer to our 195th, what we have planned. That sounds excellent. And yeah. I hope you know the answer to this question. I'm going to put you on the spot. What is the origin of the word Yingling? It's German. For? Young man. Yeah, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Right, so, isn't that funny? So Yingling means young man. And there was this young man who left Germany and came to Pottsville almost 200 years ago. And look at the empire that resulted. Awesome, isn't it? Pretty incredible. It goes to show you what hard work, dedication, and a little risk will do. Wendy, Jennifer, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And Godspeed, Yingling. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, Great right. talking with you. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.